Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. everybody, welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Tilford, joined by Rich Hudson. Howdy. And Jules Gill. Hadley doodly, hadley, hadley. Now, we are on the cusp of new hardware being demoed and being shown off if all the rumors and leaks and things are true mm-hmm. this coming E3. Uh, it seems like Microsoft and Nintendo will be showing their new consoles. Um, but that got us thinking as to, you know, when the change of a generation comes, we sort of think back on different tropes and different things that made themselves known across the last six years since 2013. Yes. yes. It's flown by. Yeah. Um, and so basically, we've just rounded up a whole bunch of things that we're sick of that we just want to get rid of going into the next generation um, and so uh, yeah this is this is our master list so uh, we kind of we threw our, threw our different ideas in this one is one of Jules's um, which is the idea of buying your way through games uh, which you see in NBA 2K yeah, this, and whatever it's, else it's an obvious problem because it comes back to like you know I'm not just some old curmudgeon like the fact <laughs> is that when we used to be kids we used to have to just unlock game yeah. stuff like Time Splitters was one of my favourite games growing sure. up and Time Splitters 2 you used to have to do so much to get like all the characters uh-huh. that was part of the fun because you go up to your mates and be like say you're playing Tekken 3 and you're like how do you want to look at this guy how do you want to look at the, can- the-, the kangaroo with the boxing gloves and be like you got to yeah. do this and that and then everyone's like oh it's brilliant nowadays it's just kind of like <laughs> well I uh, just uh, went into my dad's wallet and I got my got credit card out and I paid $15.99 and, <laughs> and now I have everything and now I bought the virtual currency and the virtual currency allowed me to buy it and I can't change uh, the virtual uh, currency back because the, the money that I spent was £20 but the character only cost 7 pounds that means I've got three pounds left in the game but I can't trade it back out well, that's the thing. then they've got you for the next purchase you yeah. might want to buy some more skins or oh, some more no, I've sat down in the fiver so that I can get something else in I yeah. just, Rich, I just what, do you, what do you think of this it's stuff? having it as a progression system to actually mm. progress through the game make it easier for you to continue mm. it sucks like, just that like, you've already spent the money buying the game and mm. it's like well why do you want to buy your way through the thing that you bought yeah, I, if, if you're not, if you're not, if you're not willing head. to play the game properly why buy it in the first now, place we do have to make it like a distinction though because I'm just saying that like I don't have a problem with games that are like if you play the game like a fighting game and it gives you currency every time you win a fight and you can use that to go and like buy a thing that you know a known quantity yes. from the in-game store or crypt or whatever uh-huh. they've got going on that's fine because that is effectively a progression that you are choosing yourself as the path that you would do normally yeah. Yeah. if somebody told me hey you unlock this guy in 007 Nightfire or something like that by doing this I'd be like okay that's the path I'm going to take it's the same path yeah. just disguised a bit well uh-huh. la- more lazily I'd say but I th- yeah. if you're just there like going, 
hey, you can't unlock these people in any other way than by buying them, and there is no sort of grind whatsoever at all. Uh -huh. You have to buy them because they cost so bloody either that, much. Either that or the grind is so ridiculous, yeah. you may as well buy yeah. them. Then I, I will I just like throw that. alongside, like, yes, the idea of like paying to bypass grinds absolutely sucks. I also think that um, having the ability to just buy abilities that you could unlock in the game if you just yeah. played it, I think that's a weird decentivizing thing that I just don't see the point of. Even, um, even yeah. like big and great titles, like Spider-Man had a weird sort of uh, pre-order incentive when it was like you pre-order it and you got the three uh, you got suits extra already. Suits. But the suits obviously come with powers, mm, so that does yeah. affect your gameplay and also... And you get them early on, but the difference is with Spider-Man, you do unlock everything through the game anyway. Yeah, that is... that was, it's, it, did, it did concern me because I was really excited yeah. Spider-Man when it said, hey, you get the Iron Spider from um, Infinity War. It's like, oh, that sounds awesome. Mm -hmm. But it's like, am I going to get this buying the box standard edition of the game yeah. post-launch? And thankfully you did. Mm -hmm. But one thing it did include was it goes, oh, here's like five or six extra skill points. Now mm. that bugged me because of the fact that what you're doing is from the start of the game, you're effectively saying the character starts at like level six or level seven. Yeah. Now that will throw off game balance. Like I yeah. know it didn't do it as much in that game particularly, but if it was say an RPG or a good example, Tales of Vesperia mm. that allowed you to buy levels for your character, yeah. you could buy five extra levels for three quid and another five levels for six quid. It was Funnily like, enough, actually, uh, yeah. yesterday I started playing Warhammer Chaos Bane. Oh yeah. Uh, and one of the pre-order bonuses, which you can actually buy as just a normal purchase now mm. on Steam, it's like 199 mm. for a X percent XP buff. Right. Um, for the certain <laughs> few, for a first couple of levels, so you can power through the first few levels. But right. th that just removes the whole point of playing yeah. the game. And then when oh, I yeah. when I bought, um, I pre-ordered Call of Duty World War II last year, that gave you mm. a permanent unlock token that you only get when you prestige in the normal progression. You got that straight away. So as soon as I played the game, I was level one, mm -hmm. I could go and unlock the M1 Garand that was like level 15. So right, I had right. the M1 Garand from launch. So I could have gone and got the level 55 weapon you unlock. <laughs> it's basically, think yeah. about booting Modern Warfare 2 for the first time and having the AK-47 at level one. Right. It was like yeah. that. Yeah. It's just it's a weird thing because I think it, it has permeated a lot of the AAA stuff. Like mm. for me, there's a there's a thing you can buy in Devil May Cry 5 that just unlocks everything for you. There's like, you can buy like crit passes and stuff. Or you can buy easy, the different- Easy fatalities. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Easy fatalities. It's that idea of bypassing stuff. It's weird because I don't like, if you just have money to burn, then mm. yeah, you can you can have it to burn. So my my like solution, quote unquote, is like you kind of meet them in the middle. You can have some things that you can buy your way towards, like certain premium currencies. My whole thing with it using it online as well is just give those players a separate playlist. Let them have their yeah. like you know money throwing Man. playlist where yeah. like they've bought their way to all these different guns. You know how much money how much money and guns are you bringing to the table? Well, I've bought this much. Yeah, and whatever. I mean, siphon that stuff off. You have like DLC playlists and stuff like mm. that. So why won't you have it with sort of like if you've bought a gun or if you're using a thing that's from that? Why don't you put into you the whale choose... playlist? Yeah, the I like. Play whale list. The play yeah. list. Playlist. Yeah. Just, just trying to think about how I could turn into a pun. At some point, I would have to assume that they'll find a way to do that because it mm. just keeps annoying people like us who want to have like you know designated progressions and worthwhile you know unlock loops and everything versus just bypassing it. There, were, mm. there was an interview that was I can't remember where I read it actually, but there was one of these developers that had spent so much time on working with a AAA thing, and it was like the whole title was like I'm never going to work for these people again or whatever, mm. and it was just like well I spent. Um, I and my team spent all this time making this game. We balanced it. We come up with the perfect progression loop. Mm -hmm. We're trying to get that gameplay loop instilled in players so they know what we're trying to achieve mm -hmm. and what the end game is. And then about three months away from launch, the developers walked or the publishers walked in, had a meeting, just said, right, so what we're going to give people who pre-order it? And right. they were like, well, we can give them skins, stuff like that. No, no, no. Give them like level progressions. Give them stuff like that. Like, well, that's <laughs> going to throw off our entire sort of like gameplay. Was that not DSX? It, like, it might have been actually. That DSX Mankind divided. Yeah, yeah. Because, because then it would be basically just like, here's some powers that are so incredibly useful. Mm -hmm. You will probably use nothing else other than these powers and you can have it straight away. Mm -hmm. Well, then you've completely undone the subtle ecosystem that was going yeah, on, the whole like, trying of, to learn which mm. 
elements of your character you want to build. Mm-hmm. I think those can be like th- that. And plus, getting to the end of those games in being in Deus Ex's case or something like that, you want to get to the end and you're fully equipped. You've actually mm-hmm. been on that journey. You've got somewhere. It's worthwhile yeah. and memorable. The second you buy your way through that, I just don't. It loses that's a different mentality altogether. Yeah. So, well, so, it also artificially inflates what a game is worth because then you'll have publishers staring at you, going, "Right, okay, we haven't actually increased the cost of games in about ten years. Mm. We've kept it at forty to forty-five pounds or dollar dollars, whatever it's going to mm-hmm. be." We've kept it the same, so we're doing you a favor. But by doing that and just saying, well, we're going to buy your way, you're actually artificially in... The game doesn't cost 45, it costs 50, 60, yeah. 70, depending on how much you're pl- plugging into mm-hmm. it. And all those random figures, and we talked about it on the last podcast, which hopefully you can go and check out. Uh, it's just all those inflated figures based mm-hmm. on live services or based on random numbers and stuff aren't, like, found, aren't, don't provide a solid foundation for the industry to subsist on. Yeah. And then, you know, those things fluctuate so much that you end up with mass layoffs and everything else. Mm-hmm. And the next thing down, which is one of Rich's, is the idea of cosmetic pre-order bonuses in single-player games. Yeah, so we've seen it's, this as, it's so dumb. So for the examples you gave were, uh, you got Death Stranding, Coming up with the different things you can buy the glasses. Oh, gold plated oh, stuff. Yeah, gold plated yeah. shield pre order rubbish. Fire oh. shield. I can't wait for him to just be like Norman Reedus to just be there like this. Hey. This uh, this baby is so important, man, and I really need it. It's like yeah, it'd be easy to take you seriously if you weren't wearing like solid gold yeah. specs at the it's time. Like Elton John style yeah, like, spikes yeah. on the side. You also put down Deus Ex, which you mentioned, and Rage yep. Two. Um, Rage Two totally stuck out to me because that doesn't have any multiplayer. You're not even what's, visible at what's all. Rage Two's pre order one. Then? Um, it was just cosmetics, like because yeah. um, they they have this whole. Um, it's it's not to you. It's interesting. It's not because it's not your character. I don't think it's like your vehicle skins and your Gun weapon skins. skins. Um, and through playing the game, putting like eight, ten hours into it, I didn't unlock any weapon skins in actual progression. I mean, I barely unlocked anything in that game. <laughs> let's face it. But uh-huh. all of this stuff that gets added in is like, hey, I have a pre-order bonus of stuff that you know you don't need. I mean, a God of War kind of suffered from the same thing as well because it was like, mm. hey, you pre-order, you get some fancy shields and stuff. Mm. And it's like, mm-hmm. who cares? What's, so why did, did they have any sort of gameplay benefit? <laughs> nope. They were literally cosmetic. I remember when it's, like, it's like you, you can show it off if you're on if you make YouTube videos, if you're on Twitch. Like, hey, look at my single-player yeah. stuff. In the grand scheme of things, you're looking at it yourself and thinking, yeah, that's worth our purchase for me to look at but it's just like that's the thing it's an offline single player game it's it's just like I I understand like if I want a pre-order bonus in a a single player game Mm -hmm. it would either be um, access to DLC like Without paying the extra, yep. like like kind of like a season pass, but like mm-hmm. a you know like they do a game of the year edition where you get the season pass built in or whatever mm-hmm. it might be. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of thing I'd be okay with, or something physical, not something that you'd expect from a multiplayer game to show off. Look at how good I am. Look at my diamond AK forty seven. But it's like, but this is a single player game. Why does it need to be there? And yeah. Why are people so thick to buy this? But why stuff? can't I just get it for free? Like you know, like, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I'm gonna just piggyback off of that and say that the. Uh, the uh, falsity of how much value is placed on cosmetic items is is really interesting and probably mm. would make for like a good video further down the line. But mm-hmm. it's just take the game Evolve. Now Evolve, when it was uh, going up for pre-order, it said that if you pre-order this super special edition, you will get. I think it was 80 to to $100 worth of extra content. Mm-hmm. Now, somebody was like, okay, fine, what do you actually get in this? And you get one new monster, and you get a ton of skins. And when they actually like broke down the, the thing, they were like, okay, well, if the monster costs $20, you're saying that these skins that do not take that much time to program into the game are worth, to you, $10 each. And when you actually break it down like that, a you're like... A quarter of a full price yeah, game. And, and you're, like, you're like, that makes no sense because like, how do they determine what is charged for this? And like mm-hmm. these Rage 2 things, they would probably go to you and say like, well, buddy, we are actually saving you $50 because that's what we would have priced it as. Mm-hmm. But no one would The thing is, like that. I said, no. I didn't come across any means of getting new skins yeah. and stuff in, in casual gameplay yeah. of Rage 2. But also because it's a single-player ecosystem, there's mm. no marketplace 
for selling and buying and selling. Yeah, so I, I, I've, I've bought and sold skins for Team Fortress, for PUBG, oh, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that on Steam right. before, and actually made like some pretty good money from it in uh -huh. the past, based on pure luck on opening don't, crates. Don't you have a banana, banana hat? I have worth... a banana hat that's worth 40 quid in TF2, and no, I'm not selling it. <laughs> that's um, At least that's an like, economy, though. But yeah, it's, it's got an economy. It has, it, there, is, there is a reason mm. behind these things being worth money, but in a, in a single-player ecosystem, there's there's literally yeah. no point. I remember it's like, when, oh, quick. It's, I think it's more the more potentially the publisher side saying, oh, you know, we need pre-order stuff. Yeah. And literally, the easiest thing for them to do is go well, skins. Then, because yeah. all we have to do is change a texture color, and that's it. And we can we can charge more for mm -hmm. it. Hell, if they've even got the right sort of sponsorship deals, they could have it so that you're wearing another company's sort of colors. Oh, and you're, literally, you're paying, this, this that's literally just, Street Fighter. I've got to say Street yeah, Fighter yeah, Five, and, yeah. you're, and you're paying for the privilege of yeah. it. Yeah, I just that. I remember when, when Gears of War Three brought in the uh, different weapon skins that you could pay yes. for and pre-order for. And I remember at the time, everyone just sort of laughed at it because it was ridiculous. It was like, mm. well, why would you pay for a golden lancer mm. or whatever? But then they kind of get put into these games, and I think it is just for me. It feels like this corporate box that needs to be ticked in terms of we need a recurrent spending model. What can we have? Well, a skin store. I think it's because we'll they, they looked at, they looked for a skin. at because I always look at things like Team Fortress 2 and CSGO being the origins of video game loot box ecosystem mm, right. um, um, economy kind of things because I think they were introduced way before it all became in the mainstream and mm -hmm. no one really as much as you look at it and you think oh this looks a bit questionable no one really batted an eyelid no, it's probably, why, it it's probably why I bought into the Team Fortress 2 one because I knew that it was not done with scummy let's make loads of money practices mm -hmm. behind it it was more just a case of yes I get cool weapons mm -hmm. and um, I think that, that way of it, of, it, of it like supplanting the overall you know the, the budget for the game in, in the first place like that's obviously the saving grace of it is that it does help developers recoup some funds if their budgets were out of control or whatever it is but it's just that idea that like you said like there's no meaningful ecosystem to it it doesn't need to be there it just reminds you of how these things used to be free in the past yeah it just doesn't feel right that was progression that was a grind to yeah it. yeah like it would it would just be an unlock thing you don't you do complete the game 100 unlock a gold skin go get a skin, go it's, it's like, like bringing call of duty up again like uh -huh. even they still since what i say cod 4 they still have the means of getting headshots to get more camos as time mm -hmm. goes on yes mm -hmm. they've got the black market ones mm -hmm. in but that original unlocking skins through progression is actually still there, which I think gets massively overlooked in modern mm -hmm. Call of Duty, but in games where you'd expect to be able to unlock stuff, like I said, Rage 2, mm -hmm. I got nothing. All yeah. my weapons look bad, and basically it doesn't really matter. Who cares what my weapon looks like? But if you're only me playing that, that stuff, playing on Twitch. Yeah, so yeah, like, that's a good point. <clears throat> if, if you're being told that you can customize it and you go crazy and do all these other things, but they don't give you a chance to do don't it apart from buying mm -hmm. or pre-ordering, then that's kind of a... We can pivot into um, overall microtransactions and loot systems. Uh, this one's from me and Rich, but Rich, you were saying that microtransactions and loot systems amongst narrative or gameplay, yeah. um, like Anthem, Storefront for Cosmetics, that and throwing Mortal Kombat as well. the first point of Anthem because I mean you know we didn't have high expectations for it but like as we've said it plays incredibly well mm -hmm. but then the first proper point when I went oh no is when <laughs> it goes go and speak to this guy in the, in the it was like a marketplace but yeah. it looks more just like a general marketplace within a world not mm -hmm. like this is the marketplace and you waltz over to him and he goes hey man yeah you know what you know you're gonna look like crap if you don't buy all this stuff behind oh, me that's, ba that's basically have you played it Jules Did you no I didn't that's know. basically yes. exactly what he says yeah, he, he literally, literally says, says time to make a statement yeah you need to make a statement with your job and it's like, are you kidding? It's like, yes, I know there's um, there's progress, there's a there's a loot box and microtransaction system mm. here, um, but don't put it right there. I think you said on the podcast the yeah. other day that if he put it off to the side and then you put the yeah. thing of like, are you sure? You know, you're gonna waste money here. Yeah, like I think that's that's more. It's out of the way, but because they turn around and go in the narrative, you literally can't skip it. They go, here's a microtransaction store, go and pay for it or you'll look like an idiot. Mm -hmm. Now, it's, like, the, it's, that, it's that phrasing that really bothers me because that's what do you want I to make consider, a statement? Yeah, I consider mm. that to be a predatory sort of mechanic because you're basically, Absolutely. you're inferring to the player then that you aren't going to get anything good unless you buy it and you're going to get made fun of and you're not going to be as cool if you don't. Like, yeah. it's, it's, we have to go from the perspective of we are all, like, you know, adults now. Yeah. However, 
the majority of players, they are going to be far younger than us. I always forget this like sometimes it depends and, they, on the game, and, they, and they are going to be more impressionable I'm not saying that they're stupid I'm not saying that we no, don't no. fall for tricks like that as well but still they are more impressionable it's, it's yeah. like um, on Fortnite's terms there's a I can't remember what it's called I think it's when people are called normies when they use the base skins <laughs> of, the, of the characters so it's in almost Fortnite. like an insult yeah and yeah. it's like I can just imagine I could just imagine a kid on a playground being left alone not because he does something out of school that people find weird, like mm. I did dancing at school, and that made me me an outcast. <laughs> but because he uses a default skin in Fortnite, it's like that's and, and because they're saying like you don't look good playing this game yeah. unless you pay money and buy some skins. Mm -hmm. It's like that's what these companies are that's like, what pushing through the to, the, time, yeah. to the kids, and it's like that is going to make such an impression on the rest of the the, the future of the industry because of like the. Um, kids assuming they can buy their way through things because mm -hmm. that's apparently how games are. Mm. Um, a YouTube channel called Extra Credits did a fantastic um, thing about the future of game developers. The kids that grew up playing Minecraft and knowing that you ha you get stuff by your own graft in the game right. and mm -hmm. then how they would translate that to the potential future of games and then the generation straight after that because there's always that Minecraft, then it was Fortnite. Mm -hmm. yeah. Those Fortnite kids are going to grow up making games thinking, oh wait, we need to add in some kind of system so people can just skip this. Yes. I mean, it, it comes down to the thing of like you uh, you imitate what you were brought up with a yeah. lot of the time, even without you like thinking about it. Yeah. And you will find, like you say, developers of those, those kids that were playing Fortnite probably making games that just go like, well, it was in the games I remember Where, when I was a kid. Where's the battle pass? Where's yeah, the like, like, that's, like, that's the biggest... And, and the more it permeates, the more it repeats itself, the more it permeates, mm. and then it will become one part of the, of the social norm. Like One of the reasons why we wanted to die this generation. Yeah, I mean, that's mm. the thing. That was like all the, the bigger tier companies, the, the EAs, the Activisions, are pushing for these things and have been in so many games so egregiously so that they can create a generation of gamers that actively looks for this stuff and actively looks to spend money on, on you know premium currencies and whatever else for the most part they've succeeded like in getting in getting these currencies mm. into as many games as possible but I do think that over, I, I think at the minute there's a slight pushback ever since Battlefront 2 the fact that like you've got American legislation yeah. coming into ban loot boxes and there's a lot of games now actually making the effort not to do that anymore even well, yeah, even, well I say I say even Activision aren't doing it they're, they're not doing they're doing free DLC for Modern Warfare mm. but they're, even they're starting to look they're trying it. to find a middle ground but like yeah. yeah but there is an interesting thing to note one thing that we might not have really detailed which is take um what's the uh, one that's been doing the rounds of them apex legends yeah uh -huh. right everyone said that that was like a massive sort of like shift because not only did it take the battle royale formula but it was like free to play it was doing things right and to be fair all of us have agreed it's a great game uh -huh. and it plays really well and it deals with the sort of progression sort of like and microtransactions pretty well you pick and choose what you want however the player base has dropped off by about 75% since the uh, initial uh, launch window that was there for the first mm -hmm. two months. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. And Fortnite hasn't really dipped in the slightest, so it shows which one is more sustainable yeah. even in that front. In that particular example, Apex has dropped off because, well, dropped off because Respawn have said that they want to prioritize the devs and they, they were responding to the crunch culture stuff. So they said, like, we're not going to, like, force ourselves to put stuff out every day in, day out, week in, week out, as opposed to all the reports from Fortnite that those staff are, like, working ridiculous but hours there each is week. constant stuff coming out, and that's the thing. Yeah. yeah. Like, there is, there is an ADHD generation that do not have the attention span to stick for anything. Else. Exactly. You need to be yeah. told that there is a new thing coming every single week. Like, I mean, look at Rocket League. Rocket League mm. has definitely hit the. Well, I was going to say hit its stride with the balls. Hit the thing. goal. Yeah, hit his hit a hit a home run and five <laughs> basket points. Corner flag. Yeah, offside. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I think something like that. Um, it's it's interesting to see how it goes because, like you said, that you have that that constant expectation. Um, mm-hmm. and it's like that's that it all ties in together because that idea of recurrent spending methods, like the idea of daily goals and daily check ins yeah. and daily missions, like that is all for that assumption. That assumption that you're going to keep coming back constantly. But that's um, where games as a service comes in. Yeah, but it devalues the initial purchase and, mm-hmm. and puts the money mm-hmm. elsewhere. Whereas I would rather, I mean, I, I don't know, as a consumer, I would rather know what I'm buying up front and not have to rely on, on services going forward. For example, Anthem has completely fell apart and they, um, Bungie have deleted its roadmap now, so you can't see what's coming in the future. Because that, that wow. it's clearly just falling apart. That's a pretty so, good segue into one of my other Oh, well, the next one I've got down is, um, you want to go into time exclusivity? Uh, no, I mentioned about roadmaps. Yes, we can go into roadmaps and games as a service. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea of um, pretty much everything trying to pretend it's a games as a service. Yeah. Um, even 
though the vast majority of the content isn't locked in at launch and they try and it's like the Wallace and Gromit he's forever putting the train tracks down yeah. as he's flying yeah. down at their full speed it, so yeah you can't really react to something until you've actually started implementing so a roadmap is like you'll learn this when you do like marketing strategies and stuff like Never that it is that. it is the most pointless thing to do you go in there <laughs> to a client you sit down with them and they ask you what are you going to do with them for a, for a full year if you're like a consultant or yeah. something mm. and you sit down and you go this is what we're going to do. We're going to try and like raise this, do that, do that. And they go, cool, cool, how? And it's like, well, you have to take it month by month because if you start just saying we're going to do this six-month projection mm-hmm. plan and it's not hit, things could change in the first week that yeah. will completely derail it. But the moment that you promise it, that's when you start failing. You never <laughs> promise anything, kids. Never promise anything. Not to your partner. Unless, I was going to say, that's to your loved ones. <laughs> but um, that's the thing. I mean, the examples we've got down are Fallout 76, Rage 2. Like, I mean, there's and pretty much every single game, like the newest Assassin's Creed, Mortal Kombat turned itself mm-hmm. into a games as a service. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, Sometimes I don't mind the idea of checking in with something day in, day out if it's handled well and I feel like I'm respected as a consumer. Um, like I'm checking into Mortal Kombat pretty much every day because they yeah. offer different skins every day. I'm not massive on that particular idea, but I like the idea of playing some Mortal Kombat every day. I think Rocket League's nailed it as well. Yeah. Um, but that proliferation of games as a service, it can't work on the, as a whole industry. Not every game. The, we can't the, check. We can't play everything every no. day. The reason yeah. why I kind of brought up the roadmap stuff is because mm. of things like Fallout 76 because, of course, there was the interview with Todd Howard mm-hmm. um, and he basically said, you know, we were launching a game that wasn't ready and the roadmap was the game the rest of the game being built and that expectation that that's expectation that publishers and developers can release a game basically it was an early access game like a yeah, really yeah, early access that. game because yeah. roadmaps and this is what we're going to get to get to is a is an early access thing mm-hmm. you know you play a game that's been made by four people and it's just it's brilliant and you mm-hmm. know for a fact it's going to be a slow development mm-hmm. playing something like factorio on steam that's incredible and it's got this roadmap and everything mm-hmm. set out for it mm-hmm. you shouldn't expect that from a triple a i developer. that stuff actively annoys me like the uh, yeah the Todd Howard stuff when he was like, it wasn't about what Fallout 76 was at launch, it was it's about what, what it becomes. would become. And that's not a way to run no. something on it's that like scale. You should, with that that roadmap that you've put out, it's kind of, a, I say kind of the same with Rage 2, the first half of that roadmap. It's like that stuff you should have put into the main development and given it another two and three, two or three months in the oven and then brought it out yeah. rather than just it, say, here yeah. it is now, it's basically early access, but we're not going to call it early access. You want access. your money now and we'll give Wait you Wait until what the game later. becomes. It's like, oh, you know, I, I, I've, I've, I have defended Fallout 76 in the past. It's like, yes, it could become something mm-hmm. a lot better than it was originally, but it should should have been that first even if the first time we got our hands on it was later this year not yeah. last year it's interesting isn't it because um uh, of different cultures between the console culture and pc culture as well if they came out and said that fallout 76 was going into early access mm-hmm. it would have been probably much better received I because so. an early access tag has bought publishers the world over so much wiggle room to just be like look our game is absolute crap at the moment like yeah. Daisy yeah. was in early access for what three years or so Daisy's like, only just released on PS4 now and yep. nobody cares anymore <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah but, that, but that's the thing like they allowed them to just basically just get people playing investing into that thing using the money to make improvements down mm-hmm. the line but they didn't have to promise anything they said at the, uh, at the front you're buying into a game that is effectively a glorified demo and if they'd done that with Fallout 76 See, I bet you anything people would be much oh, Absolutely, that would for the most part solve like, it. Yeah. For me, but, that, do you, but do you see that that is that the problem is there? It's just a tag. Yeah. Calling something a games as service and early access, they're the same bloody thing. Well, yeah, for the most part, yeah. I mean, games yeah. as a service is supposed to speak to a rollout of premium content that's all been professionally like, prepared to drop at certain so, times. So is a tri- so is early access. Well, no, early, early access, access is the opposite. Early access is saying we're going to finish the game, and yeah. effectively, uh, as games as a service is saying we're going to finish the game. The roadmap is a TV season, whereas I view early access as like a making of. I think that's an interesting conversation for potentially another time. Is mm. where do you draw? the line with 
like whereabouts in the hierarchy of the industry you mm. can draw the this is acceptable for you to call this early access line yeah. because when you look at like I said you've got games like Factorio uh, things like PUBG when it first released things like Satisfactory mm -hmm. which is closed alpha and, and early access mm -hmm. they're games that are being produced people who would need that feedback companies that couldn't afford a big old Q&A team yeah. whereas Bethesda Activision EA they'll have this ridiculous There's QA no team yeah, yeah. and it's like there, that's your early access. Yeah. That's yeah. your beta. You, you've already, Use them. You've got. Don't don't just sell this out to the public and make X number of million dollars a yeah. few months earlier. Yeah, like we're not their testers. Yeah, yeah exactly. Be, feeling like you're being used as a QA tester for the AAA market. It's just it feels really bad for us because it feels like we're being sold rubbish games, which is absolutely the case. But in an indie side of things. Mm -hmm. It's it's more acceptable for me if I saw a tiny studio making a brand new game. Hence why I was so involved in Satisfactory because like this game looks incredible, but mm -hmm. they want help making it. Mm -hmm. I am on board with that. I'm mm -hmm. I'm totally totally for redefining the uh, the refund the refunds policy window uh, for different companies. I feel like if you are a company like Bethesda, Microsoft, mm -hmm. and that, you should have a longer refund policy window because you have more disposable income and more sort of people working on a thing to mm -hmm. make sure that the game is as a higher quality as you want. And I feel like if you are a consumer buying into that and you're buying into their brand loyalty by their name yeah, yeah, alone, yeah. you should have a greater window to re re refund and return their games. Mm -hmm. Whereas in like an indie one i feel like maybe like you say you can't really uh, afford all the people you are telling people that it's going to be as and when they come think, out improvements like, communication is key like mm -hmm. it seems to be the thing that in for the most part the bigger the studio or in those examples bethesda or like i don't know activision or ea or whatever that they haven't something like mass effect andromeda it wasn't exactly communicated just what state that thing was in at launch until yeah. the reviews came out and we yeah. kind of found out but because those things aren't nailed down it gives them such a window to sort of i don't know just exploit the consumer base and they cash in first and then the, the mm. product never really arrives but if you communicated up front like with fallout 76 like hey we're trying something new and it's going to take a few months but hey we, you can come in on board now yeah like that that communication is key because that, that that's the thing that differentiates the indie studios and the honesty with the corporate side of it and the cashing in with I, it I really think as well like there are just simple things that they can do to fix this games as service thing like if you're going to buy in early if you're buying in on the ground floor mm -hmm. offer like a five dollar or something discount that's, that's so, why things like, like Siege have done so well because I yeah. got I got Siege for 15 quid because yeah, it, it was a super right. duper baseline yes you got like three operators but it meant I could play the game yeah. without having do, to cough up loads of like, money do for it do it like that and then you can add in the content that you want to build do, the game that you want because like play. Anthem had like six 17 different tiers of game you could get based on mm, when you can mm. actually start playing I mean, it so but they all started yeah. it they all started at $60 it's mm -hmm. like start it at 2025 like if a, if a 25 pound game comes out that's got my interest way more than something mm -hmm. that's $60 mm -hmm. but could, doesn't look any better or any more f any further along or anything like that. Also, that Anthem example, they offered the uh, you could play it like two days early on the EA yeah. Origin thing, which obviously you, sp you spend more to do that, or you pay more for the the deluxe edition that got you in earlier, mm -hmm. which got you an even more broken earlier access version of the game. Which is it's so just, bizarre. We've it's, completely conflated um, early access with um, the games as a service, the premium edition, the deluxe edition. Yeah. Like earlier isn't better. No, like no. it just means you're getting a worse version. I'm, yeah. I'm, re I'm honestly really surprised that not more companies have looked at um, Valve between late nineties and like the 2010s mm -hmm. or early 2010s because like Valve time is a thing we all know about yeah. and it's like if the game's not ready it's not finished we're not going to put it out that's what CD Projekt are doing first exactly that's, what yeah. that's why we heard about Death Stranding for the first time in what 2017 and only yeah. only the other week do we mm -hmm. now know when it's mm -hmm. coming out it's mm -hmm. because yes it's in people's consciousness I think uh, doing it like when Nintendo did with Metroid Prime 4 and just said oh it's in development by the way like uh, yeah, probably a bit too early that, yeah. but it's like if they're gonna I'd rather wait longer for a game to come out and be ready mm -hmm. that's why I've said yeah. like Fallout 76 would have been better if they gave it another year 
think everybody would just totally buy that. Like, it's because they keep selling this idea of like, it can come for you quicker. We can give you the adverts, and it can be with you in the next few months. I, I, I get, like, I get you, being on the hype can't. train. It's like if I could have, uh, if I could have a, a build of Half Life Three with all the developers extra still yeah, on, I'll just, play it. But it's like that shouldn't be offered. That's yeah. the thing. The problem is with the hype train is as well is that people again often forget that it's a classic case of like supply and demand just with information. Mm -hmm. If Scott is really hyped for the new Shovel Knight game, yeah. right? I'm going to make him wait even King longer coming out soon, by the way. Carry I'm going to make him wait even longer for it. Because mm. the whole point is that I'm not going to put out something that would be broken or easy just because I want his $15 right now. I want him his $15 and his critical appraise, which makes my next project even better. Yep. It, I, there is very few companies that are working to the crunch where, like, when you hear... Uh, Bethesda or even Sony just saying like no we had to get it out then it had to be out that was our deadline it's like so you're, you're, you're the top you're the yeah. top of the pile yeah. like, why, why that's that's their fiscal your deadline year is absolutely jacked like, like yeah. you could push it back and just because your profit margin might be hit a that's what EA always it's, go it's, by it's, it's yeah. like Days Gone as an example that got delayed like two three times yes. mm -hmm. and which is good in it's Sony's good. part it's good yeah. like it turned out actually being pretty good and it's like imagine if that did release when they initially said it was going to come out imagine what state that would have been in when it came out it would have been critically panned contrast to Mass Effect Andromeda, where EA like really they needed to hit that fiscal year, so mm. it just got shipped. I, I I sent a game to Josh um, the other day. Actually, it was like about um, this vampire game, and what had happened is is that loads of people had written into the publisher saying, "Oh, it doesn't look that great. It's a Castlevania style mm. game. Like we we don't like the graphics that much." And then the video announcement thing was the director of it just going like, "Look, I listened to all that's bloodstained ritual yeah. of the night." He goes, yeah. Yeah, I guess I listened to it and I, I really appreciate your your feedback. So what I did was I've just rehauled rehauled the entire graphics engine. We've done the whole thing again. We're yeah. doing it again because we want to release this right. And I'm like, now that has got my interest and my is going to probably get my wallet singing more yeah. than yeah. it would be just for like ah just check it out. But there, that that element of communication mm -hmm. like that's a weird that's, that's a good example for me. That's weird because he did just just kowtow to the angry fans, but it kind of resulted in a good looking game. So whatever. It's like a weird little mm. anomaly, but it's a good exemplification of communication. Yeah. That like you have that fan base that are responding and you're responding to it as the developer, as the creator. Because right then and there, you have not only hooked people back in because like uh, an apology and stuff like mm. that, it will redeem you with the fans who were angry with the first sort mm -hmm. of thing. But it then means that they're going to be more likely to follow through with purchasing it for at the end of the day because they'll remember in their minds, oh, this is a guy who I feel like I can trust. Yeah. It's all about consumer loyalty. One thing then, um, because we can pivot, because um, I think this is like this is a really good topic, we can pivot um, a little bit more into the idea of believing in the creator and not the formula or not the company. Because mm. um, we talked about this before, didn't we? Like mm -hmm. talking about Corey Barlog and people yeah. like mm -hmm. that, where you've got the people at the top who you know who you can see and you feel like you can go and hug them. But I think, you, I think... It's just like, when you see that person in front of a game, you think, yeah. Well, that's my thing. I think this generation we've seen a reduction of the creators of the auteurs. Like you, you know the companies more than the people. Yeah. yeah. Um, whereas I mean, obviously Hideo Kojima is coming back with Death Stranding. Ken Levine will assumedly be returning with whatever he's doing. Um, you know, you have people like Corey Barlog, and if you go in the indie sphere, there's an absolute ton from Eric Baroni to um, Tim Fox or whatever. But like, there's an absolute ton, and it's just like I think they've moved away. Whereas in the film industry and in Hollywood, you know film directors, and you know what you're investing into. Yeah. It's not as faceless and corporate, and it's not all about pushing things out early to cash in on it. The the personality of gaming, I want I want that to come back next generation. Why do you think that Nintendo has air quotes won E3 for the last couple of years? It isn't because of their my game boy, quality. My boy, it's, my boy Reggie. It's because my boy <laughs> Reggie fees are yeah. Do you know why? Uh, well, Xbox has Phil Spencer now. It's very true, like they do, but it's just he definitely was at the forefront of being like, hey, look, there's no, there's no chance why I can't just be a, a person who works and, in the company and yeah. a fan of my own company. People love like, Miyamoto and, and, that's, well. and that's why when uh, people love Miyamoto, that's why Satoru Iwata passed mm -hmm. away. Mm -hmm. The entire industry was in mourning when Reggie retired and everyone was absolutely bawling. Mm -hmm. It's like these people have 
a really big impact on mm-hmm. on gamers' lives and how they see the yeah. industry. And it's why Nintendo have been so successful. Mm-hmm. And, and it's all, and it's also why when you get into that state and you are that sort of prolific and attached to that company, when you say, "Hey, by the way, we've got Animal Crossing coming out," people are going to be like, "Oh, Reggie said Animal Crossing coming yeah. out. I want to get Animal Crossing, man." I've just, I've just, <laughs> I've just remembered we're going to see Doug Bowser at E3 and not Reggie. I love, I love I know. that Nintendo's new dude is called Doug can, Bowser. If, if he can, doesn't can come we out, have, can we have Reggie do like Stanley cameos in every single Nintendo Direct? <laughs> I'd be so down for that. Yeah, I mean, they clearly will. This is the thing. They have to open it out with like uh, the classic Super Mario Brothers going along, getting to the thing, and then Doug Bowser walking in and go, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not having <laughs> well, that. my time yeah. now. And he like pulls the axe lever or oh, something like that. Uh, it's like, ah. But I think um, a couple of the examples that I had down, because um, we, I think we've already gone for like half an hour or whatever, but yeah. some of the examples I had down for, um, you know, big studios doing smaller games is like the Ubi Art Initiative, mm-hmm. which gave us Valiant Hearts and um, the uh, Child of Light. Yeah. And you had EA, have, they've launched their EA Originals thing, which gave us a way out. And I forget what their next one is. Uh, Unravel. Yes, Unravel as well. And um, they have another new one, but like, yeah. But you have these bigger teams just saying that, like, look, we can do like you know, like sort of B tier, like you know, like good visually represented, mm-hmm. like well rendered like, uh, games. Ori from Microsoft as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like that came from like Moon Studio, and it's just like they need that, to keep doing that. They yeah, those to. those massive games as a service, these labyrinthine like behemoths that like just kind of quake and shiver, and we never really know what their like full worth is, and mm-hmm. they sort of they can collapse and like in, in a nighttime. Like those things, I don't think are the future of the industry. Whereas I think putting money into the actual the creator's vision restoring the personality the authorship like you know that's the that's the lifeblood of the industry and it always yeah. was I just think it's weird that this generation's kind of experimented with more corporate minded mentalities but I think they that's the thing that has to die and the thing that has to come back is the creative influence it's because um, video games as a, an entire medium have become more accessible across the board like now I would mm. say that there are more people who are interested or at least have a vested interest in video game than ever before mm-hmm. and as that changes so too does the social acceptances of what is in, what is popular mm-hmm. and what is that. There is a reason why Transformers makes a silly amount of money. There <laughs> is a reason why Fast and the Furious makes a ton of money. Everyone knows that they are dumb, mm. but they buy them anyway because it is entertainment. And unfortunately, gaming principles have changed mm. so that they will chase the dumb cash rather well, than the small, maybe more intellectual dollar. I wonder how much they, uh, a lot of the, the corporate side of it wants to return to the age of the arcade where it's just, mm. you put the money in, you play for a bit, it's throwaway and you're done. Like, you know, obviously franchises came out of the arcades, but they're a handful compared to the amount of arcade games that yeah. were there at the time. Like, yeah. yes, we have Pac-Man or whatever. But like, yeah, I think they kind of want to get back to that, which kind of just makes me, it makes me like question whether things like, you know, fully rendered stories and narrative and all that kind of thing, whether if that was just this weird experiment and they want to go back to, you know, is the ultimate end game of the biggest part of the gaming industry serving a bigger arcade than ever? All I'm saying is that I'm looking forward to one of the, one of the games I'm looking forward to the most this year year is a 2D side-scrolling Dark Souls-esque thing called Blasphemous, and I am so looking forward to that more than any other high-budget E3 You said thing. Shovel Knight DLC really weirdly there. No, no, no. <laughs> Although, when that, when that comes out and they fully release the final, final thing, I will get it and I will play it for Good. you. I hope that you will. Um, yeah, so I for now, it. we might we might revisit this because after after E3, we'll know what we're dealing with in terms yeah. of the new Xbox stuff and the Nintendo stuff, if it's all true. And um, for now, though, this has just been a roundup of all of our biggest complainy things, complain cast for the current generation. <laughs> yeah. um, let us know your thoughts down in the comments below if you're on the video side or come find us on social media if you're listening on any audio platforms. For now, though, this has been the World Culture Gaming Podcast. I've been your host, Scott Taylor, joined by Rich Hudson. Thank you for listening. And Jules Girl. Before I go, I just want to say that uh, we will be doing the live stream of the E3 coverage and it's going to be starting on Sunday, our time at 9 p.m. 
BST at your time, it'll probably be very, very different. I think it's 4 p.m. East and... Yeah. And it's going to be Scott and I doing the... We're Microsoft doing Microsoft together for two hours. And we're also doing... You're all, you two are also doing Bethesda. Bethesda yep. as We're going to well. stay up until two in the morning for Bethesda. Good luck. One. Lucky you. <laughs> I'll, be doing, I'll be doing Ubisoft with, e, with, Ubisoft with Ewan mm-hmm. on Monday night at 9 p.m. BST and also doing uh, Nintendo yes. at 5 o'clock BST on Tuesday with Rach. And we will round up whatever happens at Square Enix somewhere in the middle of that. We'll, we'll do lo- lots down. and lots of yeah. roundups of all the other stuff because yeah. we know we've uh-huh. missed out PC gaming show, Square Enix, oh, EA, God. all this sort of thing. PC gaming, PC gaming pods, show, sponsored, sponsored by week. Epic. <laughs> It'll be fun, but we'll catch you next week. But thanks very much for listening. We'll catch you then. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.